AFX Media Group. Welcome to the Modern Christian Men Podcast. My name is Kale Nelson. Really appreciate you stopping by. Hey, we're here to help you grow your faith, strengthen your family, and impact your world for Jesus. Hey, you can find us online at modernchristianmen.com. We're all over the socials as well. If you have any questions, you want to learn more about the program, visit us at modernchristianmen.com. Coming back into the Modern Christian Men Podcast, Kel Nelson, your host here. Back in July of 2018, I brought you an episode which I absolutely loved and want to encourage you to go back and check that one out. We'll put a link in the show notes for this program. But this time through, we're joined with Kenny Luck from Everyman Ministry in California. Kenny is going to challenge you. At the same time, he's going to inspire you in the midst of this time. Men, we have an opportunity to do things we've never done before. We chat about that and more in this episode. Well, thank you for for being here with us. I'm excited to chat with somebody who I know has a heart for men, but also has a heart for what's going on. And you know as well as I do, when we turn the television on, we turn talk radio on, we do anything, even on our podcast. Yeah. We're we're, we're nothing but uh, bad news, bad news everywhere. So I'm hoping we can kind of bring some good news to the guys. I know you are doing some things uh, out there where you're at on the, on the net and around yourself that are trying to help guys deal with where we're at now with the COVID 19, whatever you want to call it uh, devil on earth. Maybe I don't know, but I know you are, you're definitely doing some stuff to, to bring some hope to the masses. And that's what I really wanted to share with folks. Well, that's great. Um, Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Um, Adversity reveals your view of God. You know, if you if you have a right view of God, uh, a biblical view of God, um, then in this situation, uh, the Bible says that He's over what He makes. Mm-hmm. That uh, this earth is in in process. From it used to be perfect, then it became imperfect, and then disease and death and injustice and human selfishness entered, and now we're in the season of redemption. Uh, where God is redeeming people before he redeems the whole enchilada. Right. And so uh, if you lack that view, then you're going to be overwhelmed by this. You're going to give in to fear. Your feelings are going to take over your faith. And God's going to become small. But if, if God remains who he says he is, and the truest thing about him and about this situation is what God says is true. If you allow what God says is true to be true in this, then you'll have the bigger perspective. And does, isn't that what gives us peace? What gives us peace is the bigger perspective. But you got to be connected to to the person who's over the earth and who's over this whole thing and is using even this. You know, this morning on the men's national live stream, I I talked about my theme verse for the COVID-19 moment in history, and it's Philippians 1.27, and that's where Paul says, whatever happens, all right, we're going to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Mm. Whether I see you or whether I hear about you in my absence, I will know that we're standing firm in the one spirit, 
that we're striving together as one for faith in the gospel. And so what I see from that verse is you have a quarantined man. He's contagious. He's been quarantined because he's contagious Mm -hmm. in a jail cell. Right. And he's separated from the people that he knows and loves. And they're having this conversation from quarantine. And what he's saying is whatever happens, all right, we're going to conduct ourselves in a manner that reflects the gospel. And what that meant for him in their time and us in our time is that we're going to stand firm in the spirit. We're going to strive together and we're going to increase our faith in the gospel. Now, in the midst of this craziness, I think we can all agree that in the middle of the craziness, God is doing the same thing, that whatever happens, this COVID thing, there's a new togetherness Mm -hmm. that's being created. There's new cooperation. There's new partnership. There's actually bipartisanship. There's actually cooperation. You're concerned about your neighbor. I'm seeing my in-laws more than I've ever seen (laughs) in the middle of all this craziness. But people are striving together. That's just on the natural human level. But on the spiritual level, it's supposed to be even more true that whatever happens, we're supposed to be striving together as one for faith in the gospel. And that's the the point this morning that I shared with a couple of thousand guys on the men's national live stream was that God is not only creating togetherness in the craziness, God's creating more faithfulness Mm. in the craziness because pressure always reveals what's inside. And I just read a study by Joshua Fund yesterday that 44% of Americans believe that this COVID-19 episode is their wake-up call. Wow. For God. So, um, it you know, your life in God reflects your view of God. And right now, COVID-19 is exposing people's view of God. And they're now going back to, okay, who is God really? And when they get a sense and vision of who God is really, then they see, oh, well, this is, this is a part of a, a, a larger sovereign plan earth is broken. It's being redeemed. This is part of that redemption. Jesus said that earth would be like a bowling alley, that tribulation would knock over all our organized pins, but take courage. I've overcome the world. So right now, just like in any war or severe circumstance, uh, there's a spiritual war going on for the souls of people. And people will turn inward and to fear and to death and to suicide and feelings and hopelessness. Or in the midst, they're going to look up versus look inward. And one out of two people, the statistics say right now, are looking up and they're looking for God. That's amazing. How long has it been since we've been able to say that? I don't know that that I've been alive that that's been said. Maybe, well, maybe 2001 after September 11th. That was a pretty yeah. stout time for people to come back for a couple of weeks. Right, uh, we, we're already right. into more than a couple of weeks in this mess now. You know, I'm 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 hearing you, and I'm thinking back to your book, Dangerous Good, where you wrote about what what we look like as men in God's eyes, and now I'm mm-hmm. thinking we're looking. A lot of us are looking for who does God say He is. We've we've learned with right. like your book and your your ministry who we are, who He right. says we are, but a lot of us don't even right. know who He says He is. 
So it's hard, it's hard for us to find that goodness because if you look at the television, God did, you know, acts of God, uh, in our insurance policies, tornadoes are acts of God, you know, and then you, you know, God kills babies and God needs to pluck up a a tulip off the earth because he needs a new flower in his own garden and all this stuff that we, we say, tell ourselves to feel good about us, about us, but we are not really giving God the credit for his goodness and greatness and and I think that's what we're what you're saying here is that we're getting back at some level and it's some some faster than others, but we're going back hopefully to find who he says he is, and we can go forward in right. that that peace that we can find in his identity. That's right. Well, that's why Paul says to his his believing friends, he says, "Hey, whatever happens, we're going to act in a manner worthy of the gospel." You know, he brings it back to the gospel, right? And, and, and in the heart of the gospel, uh, the heart of the gospel is the heart is at the heart of what's going on, that God is redeeming something that's broken. And God is entering, he's coming from heaven to earth to um, bring um, to bring about a new thing uh, and to, to, to cultivate togetherness and faith that, you know, and, and like you said, you know, my life in God reflects my view of God. And right now, people's view of God is being exposed. And now uh, they're like, wow, okay, what what does the Bible say? Who is God? Um, what is his desire in this situation? And when we um, have an accurate view of God, then we what happens is uh, what the prophet Isaiah says. But those who put their hope in the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not be tired. You enter a new dimension. Uh, you know, eagles soar at 10,000 feet. They're a very unique bird, mm-hmm. but they're not a low flyer, man. Right, right. They're not a low flying pigeon, you know? And, um, you know, here's the thing. Uh, but a lot of us are, are majestic eagles. We say we have faith, but we're, we're cooped up in this, this pen. And, it, and the pen, the thing that's caging us and preventing us from entering that new dimension and flapping our wings and getting up into this other place of kingdom living while we walk on earth is our view of God. Yeah. The the cage, the net, is our bad thinking about God, and bad thinking about God results in poor choices, you know, in our daily lives. And so, you know, that's part of the call, that's part of God's purpose. There's a reset that is going on. And the reset starts inside and how we think about God. So, yeah, both edges of the sword are cutting right now. Um, There's our view of God, and then there's our life in God. And when our view of God gets sharp and focused, our life in God gets equally sharp, equally focused, and we start to perform on earth kingdom living. So do you think that that the church has hampered us to some extent by keeping us on the pew every Sunday in a nice, comfortable chair, pew, whatever? Uh, air conditioning normally works at most places. Uh, I mean, we're getting fed for that 22-minute sermon, but is it our fault? Of course it is that we're not doing more when we're not there, at least in the word, defining who we are, defining who God says he is, sharpening our swords away from that, uh, that flock mentality so that when we are sequestered at home, like you are, like I am 
all around the world, th- this really gives us an opportunity. That introspective look is like, hey, my preacher's not here to carry me this week. What happens now? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, totally. I think, um, you know, it's just like, you know, if you and I wanted to run the Boston Marathon and we've been sitting on the couch all year and then race day came and then you and I showed up at the, the starter line and uh, we were dressed like everybody else. We had on light clothing. We had on our our, our Nike Epic React shoes <laughs> and we're, we're ready to, to go for it. Uh, the test is the race. The test is the moment. Right. The test is when the gun goes off and it reveals our level of training. And so that's part of what's going on right now is that you know, our, our discipline before a crisis, all right, um, the crisis doesn't make you discipline. <laughs> it doesn't it magically drop on you uh, a certain level of fitness. But what a crisis will do is it will reveal what your level of training was before. And, you know, that's why the Bible says that we engage spiritual discipline. In fact, it says about itself that, that scripture is good for training in godliness. Well, what do you train for? You train for the test. Right. You train for the moment. You train for, and this is where the church should be rising and people should be rising. And I think that, that people of faith who've been training, they were disciplined before the crisis. They'll be disciplined after the crisis. Those are the ones, those are the people that God is using mightily mm. in this circumstance to bring a message of hope and to serve other people, serve their family, serve their wives, serve their neighbors, ask people what they need, reach out through every form of social media and texting. And they're, they're bringing a message of hope because they've been training. They know their God. They have a clear sense of who he is. They've been talking to him every day. They've been seeing who he is every day. They've been praying. You know, they've been serving others. So this situation simply is a change in the theater of battle. It's not a change in the way they live. What about the guys who maybe read Dangerous Good in 2018, got fired up for about 30 minutes, maybe watched one or two of your live streams. They've, they've come back. Uh, life just showed up. Debt showed up. Bills showed up. Jobs showed up. And, and they've got sidetracked. And now they're stuck at home with their wife and their kids. Uh, there's no sports on television for any of us to enjoy. And, uh, right. you know, all they've, all they've got left to do is, is to maybe hide in their office and, and do some work if they've got any of that to do at home, maybe cut the right. grass, things like that. But uh, what kind of opportunity, did, one, do they have to engage the truth of God? And secondly, how do they relate that to their kids and their wife? Yeah, you know, this, this, this moment uh, affords guys uh, a window that they may not have for the rest of their lives. Yeah. It's affording them an opportunity that they may not get for the rest of our lives. Uh, and, and that is, you know, they, they, what they, the opportunity they have is, is, is living right in front of them. There's people, mm-hmm. people right in front of them. It might be their own family. It might be their kids. You know, when I say this craziness is creating a new togetherness, it's creating a new togetherness between husbands and wives and dads and their kids. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it when I walk outside of my house. I see dads doing things they don't get to do during the week at 10 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock uh, with their kids. They're playing cards. They're playing games. They're, they're, they're communicating love through time and talk and touch with their kids. And so, you know, anytime you have craziness going on uh, around you, what's going on out there, in, in here, in your, in your relationships, uh, 
it can be so transformational. But we have to have God's glasses on. Like I'm wearing glasses, you know, uh, with you. I can see you on Skype, even though our listeners, you know, can only hear our voices. But I can see you, and yeah. you know, uh, I can see you okay now. But then when I put on my my new set of glasses, I have a new filter, a new lens, and I can see your 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 cool man cave and studio right there. <laughs> my myth. Um, you know, that's what God is doing through these situations. It's like, hey, you know that old set of glasses that you're wearing? That doesn't work for what's happening right now. Let me give you a new set of glasses so you can see me and see people. So the answer to your question, what opportunities do they have? Open your eyes. And those are the people in your life next to you that he now is saying, a new commandment I give to you. Love those people the way I have loved you. Because in the end, that's the measure, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's that that's the measure. If we if we say we have faith but we don't have love, you know, then our our faith is meaningless. Um, so God is is calling out new character, new capacity to do what to love Him and love others. So keep it simple, men. Keep it simple. You know, you're you're at home. You can, you have a chance to work, and you also have a time now a little bit more freedom to be in God's Word and to read the Bible. Read the Bible. Talk to God. Give him your future. I mean, it's all right there. Um, you know, Jesus did the same thing. You know, he withdrew. He prayed. He talked to God. That's a good model for us. We're now forcibly withdrawn. Uh, now we have a chance to clear our heads, get clear on life, meaning, purpose, priorities, and start putting a lot of energy into what's in front of you your walk with God, and your relationships with people. The rest will take care of itself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you touched a few times on kingdom living, and a lot of people may hear that and and think uh, prosperity. They may think uh, growth. They may think uh, no problems, no issues, no trouble in this world. But the reality is the the kingdom is, is taken by force. So, we are in a battle. We're in the midst of a battle and we have been yeah. charged to go forth and take that. And even in, yeah, yeah, even in this time of respite or Sabbath, I mean, this, some could consider this like a forced Sabbath of a sort that we are taking a respite to catch our breath, realign our priorities. I mean, what else is there to do unless we just yeah. want to look at the bad, watch the news, focus on the negative, but this is a great opportunity for us to engage the world, share the love of Jesus, and like you say, look around. You got a wife, potentially, potentially children, potentially in-laws, potentially outlaws, neighbors, yes. all kind of people that yes. need. They may be the 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 most. Your neighbors might be the most foundational Christian person you know. They may have a better relationship with the Lord than you do, but they also might need a spare roll of toilet paper. They might need you to help cut their grass. You know, you don't know where people are, but this is an opportunity to walk across the street, ring the doorbell, potentially, you know, cover your face or whatever we're doing that in America now. Take a six foot stick with right. you. But, but to engage not only in our house, that's our number one priority, but number two is to get out and be Jesus to the world, even when we can't leave home. Well, you know what? I told my team this morning because we all came into work because we're kind of we're kind of there there's people who are taking care of people physically mm-hmm. and we prayed for them, the warriors who are walking into hospitals. Yeah. 
and are putting their lives on the line uh, every day. And then I just said, you know what? We're, we're taking care of souls right now. And that's why we're showing up and getting in our cars and getting out of our house and going to the Everyman studio and, and flipping switches and yeah. turning stuff on because we're taking care of people's souls. You know, um, Kale, I would take it even a step further. I would say that there is a invisible war that you cannot see that is raging. And that is, is that a lot of people right now for the first time, uh, you know, they're, they're like going, uh, okay, no job, no money. Uh, my family might go hungry and they're walking around with that fear and pressure and, and they, they are feeling like a failure. They're feeling like, gosh, why didn't I plan? I didn't. And, you know, to admit that to, especially for a lot of guys is, is to admit like we're failing and that's not true at all. You didn't choose the circumstance. And there are some people even listening right now where uh, you're on one side of the thing, you're able to help someone who's in need. And then there's someone listening who's afraid to let people really know where they are and ask for help. Yeah. And this is, a, this is a time where both sides humble themselves and go, hey, what's mine is yours and what yours, what's yours is mine. And um, you need to proactively reach out and just say, what do you need? Those are, that's the question that should be coming out of every Christian on the planet today. Everyone in their life, what do you need? You nailed it on the head. There's people who can't go and buy groceries. There's, there's people who don't have extended family who are supporting them. There's people who we think everything's great, everything's not great. They've lost their job, they can't make their mortgage, and they don't have money for groceries, and they need to go to the food pantry. You know, but they're they're so beaten down and feel so defeated. A lot of times that feeling, that negative feeling will be pounced on by the devil. Yeah. He'll magnify those feelings and just go, you know what? You should just get out. You should just, you know, hurt yourself or or, or, or cash out or do something destructive. Yeah. Either for yourself to feel better or you're for yourself to check out. Let me tell you, the devil is exploiting all the negativity and the fear, and the depression, and the sadness, and the loss right now, that's where people of light have to step up and step in and be proactive. Don't wait for the opportunities to come to you, all right? You need to reach out and just say, hey, tell me what you need, all right? Text the neighbor. Text the person you know who's old. Do you have someone getting you groceries? And uh, enter their need just like Jesus entered our need. He left heaven to enter our need. We need to leave the comfort of our own situation and enter other people's needs and practice social distancing, but meet the need. Right, right. You know, uh, going back to that real quick, as we went through this process at our house with Carla being sick, she's the breadwinner. It lasted a whole year, no income. And it took about... I don't know. It took a couple of weeks on the front end of the thing where we had always been the giver. We had always tried to give and, and, and share and, and yeah. lift and carry. And you find yourself on the other side and you really don't know what to do. I mean, you really don't know how to react to this because you've never been here. And right. folks come and say, let me help you. And, oh, we got it. It's okay. And it doesn't take long to realize you need some help. And I, right. I learned, I learned so much by, I learned how to be a better giver by learning how to receive because I was, right. I was in a position, five kids, a sickly wife, no insurance, no, no wow. job, nothing. And 
I learned how to receive, which now has translated to make me want to give back even more because I had known the joy of giving, but I never knew the joy of receiving. But after having someone help you through something. So if you, like Kenny said, if you need something, let it be known. And if you can share, share, because this is the time for that for sure. Yeah. And that, that is, um, God's will for other people. This is the strange thing about giving and receiving. You know, Jesus said, freely you've received, Mm -hmm. freely give. And that's both sides of the equation. Right. We didn't save ourselves. We had to freely receive Jesus and his person and his work on our behalf. We contributed nothing and we got saved. Yeah. And we're saved by his grace through faith. But then now that we freely receive, we freely give, and, and and so it doesn't matter which side of the equation we're on. When It's God's will for some people right now. It's his will for their lives, and we're denying them the opportunity to fulfill God's will for their life to freely give yeah. as a receiver. And then as a giver, we need to step into God's will. We freely received at certain times in our life, just like you described in your life. Mm-hmm. You freely received. You humbled yourself. You did it in faith. And now maybe you're on the other side of it. Now you're you're freely giving. Yeah. So what what grace teaches us is how to freely receive, but then the response to freely receiving a wonderful thing is we become free givers. Yeah. You know, and that's the that's the the outcome of our great salvation. So you hit it on the head, you know, for people listening right now. Don't deny other people in your life their chance to do God's will. And when you re- when you reframe it like that, like it's God's will for other people to help me, yeah. as big a stretch as that is, it is because that's what Jesus said. There are people who freely receive that need to freely give. And there's people who have freely given in the past who need to freely receive. And the only way to put your pride on the shelf and to receive is to see what God says about it. Mm. And that it's a blessing in both ways. God wants to bless you and provide for you. And then there's other people who are called to be his source of provision. Well, it does say that he gives the seed to the sower and bread for eating. So it's a two part. It's another example of the two parts there. You know, we, that's right. We, we have to share, we have to give away and I'm not talking socialism. I'm not talking any of that stuff. I'm just saying Jesus example himself. He came and for, we paid nothing. He paid everything. He freely gave for us to be able to enjoy eternal life with him. Let me, let me say something about about that too. When you, when you're generous in crisis, that takes faith. Yeah, it does. Because the mentality is the Sam's club. I need this toilet paper for me. And people are getting in brawls and hitting each other, competing for limited resources. We're connected to the unlimited God who has unlimited resources, and he's generous. You know what faith is in this situation? It's being generous. It's going over the top. The Bible says that God lavished Mm. his grace on us. That means he went over the top. And so if that's the generous God— 
who generously gave us grace in the midst of our brokenness, then it reflects God when we're generous in the midst of this adversity. If it doesn't cost me anything, it doesn't take faith. And so am I giving out of my surplus or am I actually giving out of a sacrifice? Right. You know, and then I'm trusting God and saying, hey, you know what? I don't have a lot, but you know what? God's calling me to be generous in this situation and being generous. So whether that's your finances, whether that's your food, whether that's your energy, whether that's your gas, fill the hole and don't don't listen to that voice that says don't be generous give a little give that ration out right you're it's not faith that takes no faith yeah be generous and sacrifice and watch god bless you and bless the other person it's crazy too because kenny you know that sounds great and a lot of guys are listening they're like that works for kenny that works for kale that works for pastor so-and-so uh, i can tell you it does work for kale We've seen the loaves and fishes multiply right here on this farm. It's and that's the thing about God. God doesn't do addition. Everything He does is multiplication. And so, so let's go one step further. And you're talking about fear and hearing the fear, and and letting the fear control us. Uh, I'm I'm hearkening back to the scripture where He says, "Faith comes by hearing." And just stop right there for a moment because there's a comma. So let's just pause there before in hearing the word of God. But if faith comes by hearing, and faith is the reality of being fully persuaded in something, it, it that means that what you hear is what you're believing. So if you are one of those finding yourselves stuck in front of the television all day, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, OAN, whoever, whatever you're listening to, the more you listen to that, the more that becomes your faith. That Not to replace Jesus, but what I'm saying is you're hearing that more potentially than you are the Word of God or the truth of God or the reality of Him in this situation. So you potentially could be believing in the negativity more than you are the positivity, which makes it harder to have faith to give, to share, to walk through this in, in truth and love and to actually see the potential of God on the other side if all you're hearing is the negative because faith does come by hearing. Did you? I hope all your listeners just heard what you said because there's a, um, a human behavioral slash spiritual truth to what Cale just said, uh, and it goes like this. Um, hearing, believing, behaving. Mm. Hearing, believing, behaving, because my behaving reflects my beliefs. Behaviors reflect beliefs. Beliefs reflect what I let in. Mm. And it's not that we can't turn on the news, but if the first thing that we do in the day is grab our phone, respond to that cable news notification, or turn on the TV, and we start filling our heads with what we see, the scene, mm-hmm. we're not we're not hearing and believing the unseen, right? You know, and we're we're called by God to focus on not what is seen, but on what is unseen, and that's 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 a powerful God who is telling us how to believe and behave in the situation. And He's going to tell us about Himself. He's going to tell us about His purpose in the midst of it. He's going to tell us that he's redeeming this and he wants to do a work in you and through you and in this and through this. 
And uh, but if we're starting with Earth and cable news, um, it doesn't mean we can't check in to see what's happening locally. It doesn't right. mean we we don't want to be updated. Uh, but uh, it is a battle of the mind. And what you said is true, Kale. Hearing, believing, behaving. If we want to uh, behave and make choices and cooperate with God's plan in the midst of this, then we got to reshape what we're letting in, what we're hearing, and uh, and then that's going to really define uh, our beliefs, and then we're going to act differently. So I think that's the spiritual battle in all of this. Is uh, it's not and balance isn't. I don't like the word balance. It's not a balance. No, it's 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 really. Uh, what we're feeding our minds, and uh, we need to feed our minds with what God says is true first. Then we can look at some of the facts. Faith, by the way, doesn't ignore the facts. Right. Faith does just doesn't ignore God. And in the middle of this, we're we're having a a, a triple portion of facts that lead to fear, and we're ignoring God. So God doesn't want us to ignore the facts, but He doesn't also don't want doesn't want us to ignore him right and so that's where we have to start don't ignore god all right start with that be with god talk to god let him tell you what the reality is around this whole thing and then don't ignore the facts either you know you need some facts to yeah. to stay safe and and to do the right thing what uh, what are you doing are you doing anything different this week that you didn't do six weeks ago in your daily routine process away from the fact maybe you're not leaving the house as much or things like that. Have you increased uh, reading your scripture, your Bible, spending more time in yeah. prayer? How, how are you kind of oh, yeah. yourself personally, what are you doing to plug in there? Oh yeah. You know, the headlines are God and people. I, you know, God has provided this time to really dig into prayer, to fasting. I'm fasting more. Um, uh, I'm, I'm picking days where I just fast my lunch. Uh, my wife and I are going on cause we're allowed to where we are to still, uh, take walks and hike. Uh, my wife and I are praying together. Uh, I wasn't doing, um, zoom calls with people and, and communicating through text, uh, with family as frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so certainly God and people are the headlines. I've been given this amazing opportunity to uh, to lean into my Bible, to prayer, to fasting, to uh, targeted uh, interactions with people, um, opportunities to share the gospel that weren't there before because of this situation, because people are reaching out to me. Um, so before this, a lot of things weren't happening in scale and quantity uh, that, um, that, that now are happening, uh, physically, uh, I'm prohibited from going to the gym. It's one of my favorite things, uh, to do, but, uh, I'm on my road bike now. Nice. And, uh, I'm actually breathing hard and sweating and, uh, I have my, uh, AirPods in and I'm worshiping the Lord, you know, on a bike. What a gift, Yeah. you know, in the midst, um, of this time, Chrissy and I, are talking more, uh, we're praying more, uh, because we're together more. She works full-time at Nordstrom. Nordstrom has shut down all retail operations, and so she's here during the day, and uh, we're together more. 
And uh, I'm, 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 I'm her sous chef, Kale. <laughs> you know, I certainly wasn't doing as much cooking as I was before. And then, you know, just kind of on the practical, normal human level, I think my house has lost about 25 pounds. It's gone in the dumpster. <laughs> I mean, my garage is a place of peace now. Wow. You know, the Arabs and Jews are coming together. I think after this, they're going to come to my garage <laughs> because it's a place of it's a place of order. And, and you can fit them in there now. It's not a makeover. <laughs> yeah, you can actually fit them in the place now. There oh can, yeah, there can oh, be yeah, more totally. than more totally. than uh, more than two of them and one of you, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. It, it it's awesome. But um, so you know, in every dimension of my life, I'm doing things I wasn't normally doing six weeks ago. What is every man doing right now? Every man, you know, what's interesting. I'm so glad you asked. Is that every man is exploding? You know, our men's national live stream because we do a live stream every week. Um, it has increased 40 times oh my goodness. our regular audience. We've had 11,000 guys joining us on a weekly basis. That's incredible. For the men's national live stream. It is unbelievable. Well, you know what? The Lord spoke to me at the outset of this thing. I called my executive director. It was when um, the first quarantines were being implemented. They were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And God said, you're going to do a men's national live stream. You're going to invite the country. <laughs> to join you for Bible study once a week for however long this is. I'm like, okay. And I called my director and I said, uh, I said, Anthony, we're going to do a men's global live stream. And he says, okay, what does that look like? I just said, start sending the message now. And, um, and, uh, and, and the response has been just overwhelming. I had a guy in Kenya, people from Australia, people from England, people from Jamaica, people all over the world, God's men. And I see it as a divine step toward the explosion of both men's ministry and the gospel and spirit-empowered movement among men, where God's going, you know what, you can be doing some of this other stuff, but guess what, I'm going to press the pause button on the world, and men are going to be available to listen. Wow. And we're going to talk to them. And then, you know, you're going to work on, you know, we just got a new— uh, a new partnership with Capitol Records to create a worship movement for men. And, uh, and so, you know, Hillsong, Bethel, Jesus Culture, some of the greatest global worship artists have said yes. And right now we get to work, and they're working in isolation right. on raw tracks for this worship album for men that is going to be coming out this fall and so we're busy as we've ever been. Yeah. It just looks different because God is ordering a movement that's going to explode in this next year of men who are resetting their faith. They're wanting to they're going to get a clear vision of God like we've talked about through worship. And that's the tip of the spear because we're going to go to war and we're going to start displacing evil in real time in real cities in real spaces. Where can we find the uh, the what what is the day? Do you, is there a replay? And where can we find these weekly broadcasts you're doing? Yeah, you just go to everymanministries.com. They're all orchi- archived. You just go to everymanministries.com. Six forty West Coast, eight forty Central, nine forty East Coast for the live stream. But those live streams are 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 archived, and so you'll see it right on the homepage. Just click here to watch, and it'll show. Uh, Corona Chronicles week one, week two, week three. 
And, uh, and I would really strongly encourage uh, all your listeners to go ahead and, and, and check that out because uh, it's really God's word for men in quarantine. Awesome. Awesome. And that's, that's non-membership. It's free. Tell your buddies, oh, yeah, pass free. it around yeah, on yeah, our yeah. social media, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Share it, click it, share it, watch it, you know, and then if you need more or you want more, sure, you can subscribe. We're just like Netflix. Right. You can subscribe and you can start a virtual group and you can bring it to, after this is over, you can start a group, use all the content. So yeah, both things are available for you. Are you writing anything right now? You know what? I've had to put um, I have I the first book in the trilogy was Dangerous Good. Mm-hmm. The next book is called is called Failsafe. Okay, and that was the next book that was scheduled to come out actually this summer. But because of Dangerous Good, um, and the legs that it got, mm-hmm. um, and the city transformation tour that grew out of it, and the worship, uh, the worship movement that grew out of it, uh, kind of talking with my publisher, they're just like, hey, let's put Failsafe on hold. And let's just give Dangerous Good more and more legs. Awesome. So um, I'm not writing. I'm really focused on this uh, worship movement uh, for men. That's good. That you know, just like Jehoshaphat sending out the men to worship in front of the battle. Right. Right. We're gonna get men worshiping around the globe, and then we're gonna actually hit the shore with city transformation conferences post COVID in 2021 and we're going to collect and gather all the audience that God has built and then we're going to uh, release all those men that we gather in every city that we go to to deploy and uh, to be dangerous with goodness in, in spaces in their city. Two things about men here that, that strike me and, and ladies if you're listening I'm, I'm not taking anything away from you because I know we have a very strong presence of women in our church because a lot of men still aren't there yet. We're hoping they get there. Right. But, uh, men's worship, man, how desperately do we need that? Because all the great worship songs are led by females. Well, 90%. So (laughs) that's a great, great idea. Excited about that. Well, I can just, I can just tell you that when we did our dangerous, good, uh, city transformation conference in LA over the summer, um, it was, it was such a powerful moment. It was a Psalm 133 moment where it says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers come together, they dwell in unity. It's like oil right? that's coming down, coming down the down head the of Moses and onto Aaron. Mm-hmm. And the oil is representative of the oil of the presence of the Lord. Right. The spirit. Yeah. And it, the oil, the presence of the Lord was flowing from one man to another and Psalm 133 concludes with this line, as men come together and as men consecrate themselves to God, and as the oil and power of God's presence comes upon them, he says, for there the Lord commands his blessing. Wow. And so we feel very strong about, A, the power of worship, but for all the men listening, you need to understand that when— you worship, God is handing you a weapon. Yes. Worship is a spiritual weapon that you can hurl at the enemy and at areas of your life as you worship and declare the greatness of God. You receive the power of God. And when you receive the power of God, that power in turn comes into your possession 
which then you can re-release into different areas of your life, whether that's sin or porn or or healing or whatever it is. And so I feel very strongly that God is not just activating uh, his sons of covenant and of Christ on earth, but he's handing them a weapon. And the weapon is worship, and worship precedes the war and tills the soil for a great outpouring of taking territory for and the that, kingdom of God. And that's revival. Men, men, that is revival. Men, men will be charged with bringing revival. That's right. And what's revival? It's when God's people want what God, what God wants. Right. And the Holy Spirit wants people saved, and he wants the gospel to go out, and he wants God's love and justice brought to earth. And so revival is just simply when it's in you to want what God wants, so much so that you can't divorce yourself from putting yourself into that space and, and, and wanting and doing what God wants. Well, that's stout stuff, bro. That is some stout stuff for real. It's coming. I firmly believe it. It's coming. Appreciate what you guys are doing. I believe this reset right now even is a part of that puzzle where God is exposing the false gods that we worship Yeah. and and money and fame and visibility, even the digital world. I think God is redeeming, even right now, through this podcast and through the national live stream, he's redeeming the digital world for the church. What, what, what What the devil uses for porn and junk and uh, and media that just destroys the soul. God is redeeming it right now to bring people together and to share the gospel. Absolutely, Kenny. Any words of encouragement before we go for your brothers out here all over the the U.S. and around the world who may hear this? Yeah, um, the 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 scripture that God's bringing to my mind right now, um, which is the word of the Lord. He says this. He says, "And my righteous one will live by faith." And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Hmm. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. I think every man can resonate with the whole picture of shrinkage and masculinity and strength. All right. Strength is not a bad thing. Strength is a good thing. If your faith and your character and compassion is guiding your strength, this is not a time for us as men of faith to be weak. This is time for us to shine. The darkness is the context for light. People see light more clearly when there is darkness around it. And this is a dark time that God is calling men of light to shine and to to risk and to live out their faith. And so this is not a time to shrink back. God is calling us forward, not backward. And so we need to lean in. We need to lean into God. We need to serve our first circle of people. And then we need to let what's inside out for a world for whom darkness threatens. And we're going to be the light of Christ and shine the light of Christ. And people are going to see Jesus through us. Amen. Amen. Tell me one more time where we can find you online, Kenny. Everymanministries.com. Excellent. Man, I, I, was, I remember our call in July of 18. I got off the call. I was at our salon in the studio there, and I, my wife was working and I went in there and I said, I just had one of the most awe-inspiring conversations with another believer that I've ever had. I was so stoked. I just finished the book, Dangerous Good. If you guys haven't read that, check it out now. But Kenny, you continue to yeah. bring a challenging message to us. But I mean, the encouragement here is, man, just be Jesus and, and we've got a work to do. Let's go. 
That's go. That that's what you know. What I talked with Jeff Struker. He was the uh, QRF commander that brought the Humvees into Somalia and to Mogadishu to uh, rescue those downed guys. And uh, you know, in the movie, you know, you see him washing all the blood out of his Humvee after he gets called in to go in again. And he said, you know, I had more peace the second time. Wow. And wow. I said, well, what did you say to yourself? He said, my future is set. My future is secure. And he said, I said to God, here we go. You know, right before you're about to get it on, whether physically with another man or, or engage the enemy, it's like, here we go. Yeah. And that's what the Lord is saying to men of faith. It's like, if you shrink back, I'm not going to be pleased because we're not like those who shrink back That's right. and are destroyed. If you shrink back in this moment, you become small. Yeah. But if you in faith step into the spaces God is creating for us through this crisis, you're going to live large as a man of God. And so I'm praying for everybody listening right now, every man of God that's hearing Kale and I talk, this is your time. Absolutely. Everymanministries.com. Here, Here we go, Kenny. Thank you so much, bro, man. I have so enjoyed again. And thank you for your time. You're just an amazing inspiration. Praying for you guys out there and uh, look forward to getting past this and maybe catching you on uh, one of your tours coming up next year. Right on. Big, huge thank you to Kenny Luck for joining us. Thanking you for making this happen so rapidly so that we can get it out and share it with our friends here at Modern Christian Men. Guys, share this around. Let your buddies hear it, man. We've got, like I said, an opportunity we've never had before. We may never have again. Today's the day. Let's get it done. Have questions, want to know more about Kenny Luck or anything else regarding this program, check out modernchristianmen.com. 